Hello, everybody, and guess what? We are back on a hero. I'm your host today, Melly Mel. Unfortunately, people work. You guys are like, where's Vic? Where's T? I mean, listen, some people have families, all right? So chill out. T has a family, okay? Leave him alone. Vic has like a million jobs, okay? And Greg, don't be talking shit about Greg because Greg is, he's, um, you, you know what? I've, I've no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I, I, I assume he's working. Uh, Greg, he's, he's, in, he, he, he works. I, I'm, or not, or not. Maybe he's home. We don't know. He could be watching Titans or Young Justice. We do not know of of where he's actually missing greg's been missing if anyone has seen gregory laurie please alert the authorities we have no idea where he is so um yeah you know what and people are getting concerned i'm getting concerned so this is you know shout out to greg wherever you are please you know come home we miss you um (laughs) no but seriously welcome back to on a hero it has been a while uh we've all been really really busy um work you know you know, sometimes I act and sometimes I do that kind of shit. So, you know, I've been I've been I've been out. But uh I saw I saw a lot of things. I read a lot of things. Um by the way, <laughs> where's my manners? Um welcome to On a Hero, guys. For all our new listeners, uh we just kind of cover everything in the superhero genre from movies, um, TV, uh animated shows, anime. Uh we got people that talk about horror. And uh, we just talk about it. Um, uh, I'd like to think we're a lot cooler. We're a lot cooler than a lot of those people you'll see on YouTube. That's 100% sure. Are we smarter? No. Um, and I guess that's why some people tune in. They just want to hear some some someone else talk about it. That doesn't sound like they know rocket science. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? Let's, uh, let, let's get this show started. What I want to cover today, I want to cover... Um, well, first and foremost, um, R.I.P. Jason David Frank passed away today. If you guys don't know who he is, he's um, the Green Ranger, one of the original OG Power Rangers. He was the guy that was still showing up on those fucking TV shows, but, you know, that's how he made a living. Um, I think he committed suicide. Uh, we don't know for sure yet, but, um, you know, <clears throat> huge bummer. <clears throat> And I'm not saying like, I mean, he took his own life, you know, I would, no one has any idea what he's going through, but just, um, just sad that it, you know, when you hear that it comes to that, a lot of people there, they don't know how to talk to other people. <clears throat> they feel a certain way about therapy. They just don't know how to express themselves. And, um, it's sad because, you know, people love you <laughs> like someone, Everyone has someone that gives a shit about them, except terrorists, maybe. I don't know if terrorists, maybe terrorists do. Maybe they're just jerks. But I mean, you know what I mean? Um, talk to somebody. It's uh, it's sad that someone has someone as iconic as that has to go out that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so today I want to cover Black Panther. Saw it. Um, so I'm the Titans. The new season is on HBO Max. Um, We'll we'll get to that, and I want to just talk about some comic books very very quickly. Um, Terrence really wanted to join this show, but uh, our schedules don't seem to work, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's busy today. Um, but when Terrence gets back on, I said gets back on. When Terrence get gets back on, 
we will cover the movie also. So today I'm going to just give you guys who has, who haven't seen the film a, a synopsis. Um, I'll give my take on what I thought worked in the film and I'll talk about what did not work. So spoilers, everybody spoilers. If you haven't seen the film, turn this shit off now. You know, if you haven't seen the film and you want to know what's going on, then keep listening because I'm going to give you the full synopsis. So, um, okay, let's get started. So, the movie starts with uh, T'Challa's death. Uh, died to an unknown sickness. We get a funeral. I'm going to sum this up really, really quick, guys. We get a funeral. Uh, we learn that the world is trying to get their hands on vibranium, which is the strongest metal known to man. And to our knowledge, only Wakanda has it. So there was a scientist that built a machine that can track vibranium. This leads us to a group of explorers underwater, and they find vibranium. But before the explorers can get it, they get attacked by Namor's people. Namor then goes to Wakanda, and he tells the queen of Wakanda to kill a scientist, to kill the scientist who invented the machine that finds um, vibranium. He's essentially like, listen... You guys made vibranium known to the world. I have vibranium. I don't want people coming to our nation and enslaving us and fucking shit up. He's like, find the scientist and kill her. That scientist's name is Riri Williams, and she is 19 years old, college student. Namor basically gives Wakanda an ultimatum. He's like, kill this girl, join me. Or I'll kill the scientist and I'll kill the whole planet. Like, I'll wage war on the world, which is like, wow. Um, so then Shuri, Shuri, for all you guys don't who don't know, Shuri is the Black Panther's sister. Um, her and Okoye, I want to say it's Okoye. She's um, one of the bald um, guards of the queen. They're both they're both assigned to go get Riri and essentially protect Riri. So Shuri and uh, um, Okoye go and retrieve Riri. In doing so, they get kidnapped by Namor's people. Namor he kidnaps them. Well, one to kill Riri, and two he wanted to show Riri his underwater nation and essentially explain to her through a very long exposition scene, why he needs her dead and why he wants to protect his nation and why he's such an arrogant prick, essentially. Unfortunately for him, though, Nakia, I think it's Nakia, Nakaya, she is um, T'Challa's girlfriend from the last movie. She gets recruited by the Queen of Wakanda to go retrieve Shuri and Riri. So, um, Nakaya saves Riri and Shuri, but in doing so, accidentally kills one of Namor's people, which pisses Namor off. So then Namor ends up flooding Wakanda and killing the queen. He wages war on Wakanda. He comes back, wages war, kills the queen. He thinks he kills Riri, and then he bounces. He's like, all right, so I'm out. So then Shuri, the girl, takes up the Black Panther mantle and leads a war against Namor. They fight. Shuri wins. She spares Namor. She's like, hey, listen, yield. And Namor's like, I yield. 
And then everyone's happy, go lucky, and then we find out T'Challa has a son at the end of the movie. Movie's over. That's the film. Pretty simple. The movie's a lot fucking longer than than pretty simple, though. So what worked for the film? What worked for me? The first half of the film was fucking great in terms of setting the tone of the movie, the pacing, and introducing characters. They do a phenomenal job. The tone of the film overall was fantastic. It was serious. It was a breath of fresh air. It gave me Iron Man 1, MCU Phase 1 vibes. In terms of right off the bat, you know, the film is taking itself seriously. It's taking its own universe seriously, which is something we haven't seen in a long time, especially after watching Thor Love and Thunder, where nothing matters, you know? So it was a breath of fresh air from the corniness that we've been experiencing lately. Like the cringe heavy jokes, plots, and characters that we've seen from like Hawkeye to She-Hulk to Miss Marvel to the Multiverse of Madness movie. This movie takes itself takes itself seriously, which is nice. Another thing that worked. We saw one of the greatest fight scenes ever. Yeah, big claim, I know. And by the way, I'm not saying one of the best fight scenes in the MCU. But I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say this is one of the greatest fight scenes in like movie history. Yeah, I'm saying it. I thought it was that good. It was between Okoye and one of Namor's people. And the fight scene occurs during the kidnapping of Riri and Shuri. And Okoye fights to defend them. She fights Namor's people off, like her like Namor's Imperial Guards or whatever. What makes this scene so great? One, the build to the fight. It's a car chase scene leading up to this fight. Two, the choreography, the martial arts, the minimum powers or CGI that we're so used to having in a Marvel um, Marvel show, Marvel movie. This is very, very minimal, and it's like bare bones. Think of Captain America versus Winter Soldier, but it's better. It might be better. It might. It's not better because like, I'm being biased, but it could be. You can make the argument that it could be. And one of the reasons is number three, the no music. I love that. I love that. You get Batman versus Bane vibes. I love when they play no music because they just allow the environment and the characters and just the scene itself to drive it. Like you don't need the music to feel a certain way. The way they build to the scene and what's occurring in the scene They let that play out and let that drive versus, for the most part in film, we get music in the background and it influences how you feel about a certain thing. This, no music, and I'm so about it. All you hear is the sounds of fist-hitting body, you know? Metal slicing skin. The breath of each person, and in that breath, invoking either panic or fear or confidence You just get completely immersed in the fight. The camera of their face, like when the camera shows their face is just what it's saying. Like you don't need the music. So the no, so it was the no music. It was the build. It was the choreography, um, the intensity of the fight. This is one of the greatest fight scenes I've ever seen. 
another thing that worked for me. The reveal of Riri's suit. So when Shuri and Okoye are rescuing Riri, the FBI, they show up um, and they try to they try to take Riri. So when they show up to the warehouse, because Shuri and Okoye and Riri, they're all in a warehouse. When the FBI shows up, Riri reveals her prototype for the Iron Man suit, for her Iron Man suit. By the way, side note, for everyone who doesn't know Riri Williams, she's Ironheart. If you want to Google her, she's uh, essentially um, the new Iron Man. Now, what makes this scene so great and the reveal of the suit was how the scene was shot. The FBI shows up in the dark warehouse and you immediately get transported to the first Iron Man movie. It does it so much justice. You know, when the terrorists show up into Tony Tony Stark's dark prison and all the lights are off and then his suit turns on, you get that same feeling with this suit, but it's a lot cooler and it's a lot faster and it's different in its own way and it fucking works. They show Riri, you hear one of the guys go like, holy shit, she has an Iron Man suit. And she just flies right out of the warehouse. And the shot that they do, like the camera work, it's all CGI for sure. But just the way it was shot, the angle was just so cool. That goes along with the reveal. Another thing that worked was the chasing. When they were chasing, um, when they were chasing uh, Okoye and, um, and Shuri and Riri when the FBI was chasing them. We get to see how Riri utilizes her suit in that scene. We get to see Okoye use some cool shit with her staff, like in the car. It's and completely murder cops, which is kind of fucked up. But the scene is cool nonetheless. Aside from the cops being murdered. And the final thing that worked for me was Namor. Namor. I think the actor got it right. I saw a lot of people saying that, you know, he wasn't arrogant enough or, you know, some racist motherfuckers out there, but I thought he did name more right. Like for, he did good enough. Like I, I'm, I wasn't mad about the character at all. I, it completely worked for me. I was completely fine with the Mayan inspired cultural background that name more had. Thought he had the right look, the way he flew, which, which was incredible. He flew with the wings on his feet, and it's not like typical flying that you see in movies. When someone flies, you know what happens when they fly. They did this so different. Like, they put extra thought in, this guy flies with his feet. I like how they did it, because it looks like he's ice skating in the fucking air. And it's very, very cool. It's very different from typical superhero flight shit. He's ice skating in, like, the air. The way he do- he he dodges like these um Wakanda military jets during like the war scene when he when he charges Wakanda and the way he dodges it is like he's ice skating in the air. It's very very cool. Additionally, I don't think that worked with Namor. How they showcased his strength and power. He took down a helicopter in his opening scene when Namor's first revealed in the movie. He takes down a fucking helicopter with ease. They show him punch through this dude's armor. I think his name is Baku or something. He takes down Wakanda military jets. Just all around awesome that they set this guy up 
as one of MCU's high level antiheroes. And I'm confident, like I'm happy that he's on the team. You know what I mean? Like, of course we're gonna see the next level threat, which is um um Kang. It's also probably gonna be Doctor Doom. But I like that name wars here. He can do some damage. Like he can get shit done. Now, <clears throat> what did not work? Now. All right. Here's what didn't work for me. In my opinion, Namor's motivation. His whole drive in killing Riri was based off fear that the world will find his underwater nation in their quest to find more vibranium. And he feared, stemming from literally one expedition where the explorers found a sliver of vibranium, he feared that these guys were just like the world was going to enslave and like kill his people. One, they were nowhere near Namor's home. They were nowhere near it. And if you saw the journey it took to get to like that nation, they, they go on this like, this water <laughs> whirlpool like vortex similar to that you see in Finding Nemo with the turtles. It looks like that. Like, and also to open this portal, he had to like open up a rock or something. Like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way that the world would declare war on nation on Namor's nation, let alone find it. Also, Namor's not dumb to what's going on in the surface world. It's just weird that he immediately jumps to that conclusion. I'm pretty sure he has Wi-Fi down there. I don't know. But he, it's, he, they, he comes across like he knows what's going on. So I don't know why he would immediately be like, oh, no, they'll still take slaves. The French? Who? Who's going who's gonna to do that? The Americans? It was Americans. It was the American explorers that found the sliver of vibranium. Why was he scared? I'm like, I would have been like, dude, have you seen our country? We don't have slaves. There's no slaves here anymore. That's far from people don't like white people. Are you aware, bro? Anyway, I thought that was a little much. It's a little much. The other thing that did not work, the second half of the film, the second half of the film didn't work. The journey of the film completely changed. Like the first half, it was set up so nice. By the second half, it just slows down completely. We get a second funeral. The first funeral, it was sad. Okay, T'Challa died, and we understand that it's, you know, for Chadwick, Bose, Chadwick Boseman. Bosman. We know what's for him. And we get a second funeral. Listen, sad. Sad, completely sad. I don't know if anyone has gone to a funeral. It's sad. But at some point, like, I'm like, my feet hurt. <laughs> And I'm kidding, I'm kidding, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I mean, like, a second funeral, man? Like, you're really trying to tug at our hearts like that? Like, it's a lot. And then we lose a plot point with, like, Agent Ross, who was investigating this whole debacle. There's so much fat in the film. You just, you feel the length of the movie 
after the second half. Actually, at some points during the first, but like I let it slide, you know? I let Namor's thing slide. I'm just saying what didn't work, okay? Another thing that did not work for me completely was Killmonger. I'm sorry. It was very cool. No one in my theater got excited, which was kind of weird, but it was cool. I think you could have done more with that character. It didn't work because he was almost forgettable. Like, you don't immediately talk about it. And that's supposed to be like a big cameo. You know what I mean? That's supposed to be a pretty big reveal cameo. And no one was talking about it. They just didn't do much with it. He shows up when Shuri, she takes on the Black Mantle. I said the Black Mantle. When she takes on the mantle of the Black Panther, he shows up. Because if you guys remember remember from the first film, you know, it's you like take in this like juice or whatever, like this floral juice. And then you see an ancestor or something and they give you the powers of the Black Panther. She sees him because it because her whole motivation to become Black Panther is based off vengeance like Killmonger. And the reason for me Killmonger did not work. I feel like they could have used that character to follow Shuri as she was the Black Panther. And I know that would have been an an extra character. I get it. But it could have been more impactful, I think, if he acted like a conscience almost. Almost similar to if you guys have seen the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2 movie. How um, Uncle Ben was kind of like in Tobey Maguire's mind. He was in his dreams. I can see that... Killmonger being kind of that voice in her head, you know, driving her to vengeance, driving her to war against Namor. I could have seen that. And then maybe by the end of the film, she rejects him. I think that could have been more impactful, like he was her thoughts. But we just get one scene from from him and it was like kind of gone. Another thing that didn't work was the Iron Heart suit. Like the suit suit, not the beginning suit, not the suit that they initially show her first um, prototype suit, but I mean her suit suit did not work for me. She looked like Ava from Wally. Google Ava from Wally. Put red on that. That's her. I was like, yikes. If you're gonna be the next Iron Man, then you know model it after Iron, and that's okay. Model it after Iron Man, like. I understand they're trying to do something different, but, like, we all know that you're going to be Iron Man, so just do the thing. It's okay. Like, just go ahead and do the thing. Didn't look right to me. Just the eyes, it was like, it was a screen. It looked like a screen. It looked like her face was a was a monitor. Just, like, two lines out of her eyes, like, blue lines. So, yeah, Riri's monitor outfit did not work for me. Another thing that didn't work, these immortal underwater blue avatar people that are Namor's people. So, in the kidnapping scene of Shuri and Riri, Okoye fights off Namor's people. Namor's people that are trying to kidnap them, and she stabs them. And they get right back up. She even says when she reports back to the queen, she goes... 
I delivered killing blows to these guys, and they got right back up. So I see this, and I think most of the audience see it, and they're like, oh, these guys are immortal. All right. You can't beat Namor's people. There's no way. They get right back up. Yo, Okoye stabbed them, like stabbed them, like death blows, and they got right back up. So the reason this doesn't work for me is because it lowers completely the stakes for Namor's people going to war. Like, there's no stakes. Like, you're immortal. And it makes the Wakandans stupid if you want to fight them. This leads to my next point. The unwinnable and ill-planned war. So when Namor kills the queen and, you know, he thinks he kills Riri, Shuri becomes the new Black Panther and her idea for vengeance to take on Namor is to lead the Wakandans in a battle over water on a ship. They have cool, like, guns on the ship, immediately get destroyed by Namor's people. Immediately. So now they just have a ship. For those people that played um, Super Smash Brothers, that's what they were fighting on. That little stage over water. And going back to the immortal blue avatar people, why are you waging war in your enemy's home home turf against people that can't die? By the way, Okoye, she's well aware of this. And she doesn't tell Shuri, yo, by the way, the, they can't die. No one addresses this. I was going crazy. I thought someone was I thought Namor was gonna have another. You know, 15-minute story talk time where he explains why his people are immortal. I was so confused. No one talked about those people getting stabbed and then standing back up. No one explained that. So when they're going to war, I'm like, what are you doing? Also, what? why are you on the what? That's where they live. And <laughs> Namor Dolo took out Wakanda. What are you doing? You're you're fighting an unwinnable war. This is so dumb. Something else that doesn't work. Speaking of people getting stabbed, Shuri, the new Black Panther, she gets stabbed by Namor in the final battle. And you know what? All good, completely fine, heals right away. I forgot that Black Panther, you know what? I don't remember if Black Panther can heal right away. I don't recall that. But she gets stabbed in the gut in the final fight scene, and it makes the, you know, it brings the scene, you know, it creates, it creates stakes, you know what I mean? Because now you're like, holy fuck, like, she's stabbed, how is she gonna win? Now you're invested, you're like, oh, she's gonna die, like, Namor's gonna win this battle? No, no, she cuts the, she cuts the the other end of the, the spear off, and then she just, like, gets out of it, and then she beats Namor up. So I was like, why did you even, what is that even, she doesn't limp away. If this was like professional wrestling, she'd be like one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen. Didn't sell it at all. Doesn't even hold her gut at any point. She does not sell that at all. And it's weird because when she gets stabbed, like blood comes out of her mouth. So it's like, oh man, like she, she thinks she's dead. 
Nope. Completely fine. All good. The other thing that didn't work was Namor surrendering. Dude, what? He murdered your mom. Single-handedly took down your country. And I highly doubt he's going to fall for that dehydration trick again. What are you? What? But she takes his word. I yield. She's like, all right, cool. All good. And then after that, her and Namor go back to the battlefield. And they go, hey, guys, never mind. We're all good. Never mind. It's fine. And they all cheer. They all cheer like there isn't a hundred hundreds of dead Wakandans floating in the ocean. And it's all good. It was it was weird. By the way, when they return back, the Wakandans, there's like. I want to say there's like a good 30 of them <laughs> just surrounded by all of Namor's people. Why? Because they're immortal. That's why. They were like surrounded and name and then Namor and her show up and they're like, nah, never mind. All good. And they all cheer. They all cheer. All of them. Not one of them is like, wait, what? I was just punching this dude in the face. Also, they just killed six of my cousins. They're floating in the water. No one, no one, everyone just cheers. They were in war, like in the middle of war. Like, yo, imagine World War II, like an American fighting a German on the battlefield. And then all of a sudden, like the president showed up and he's like, all right, never mind. All good. And then they all cheer. It's like, no, hold on. I'm This dude literally killed 15 of my platoon. Like, no one says anything. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. Um, weird. Um, the last thing that didn't work for me was the Midnight Angels. Didn't get this. Okay, so Shuri develops this new armor, blue armor for Wakanda that has jetpacks. It's strong armor. It's essentially top-of-the-line war armor. She only makes two of them. Only makes two of them. I feel they could have made more. Were they low on resources? I don't know. But in like a couple days, Ironheart has her own suit. This 19-year-old girl, by the way, that's that's I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that. But focusing on the midnight, the midnight uh angels. So there's two pieces of armor for two people, and I don't know, just they show up late in the battle. These two suits are given to two girls and they show up late in the battle, like as a reveal. They show up halfway in the battle. They wait till more Wakandans die and then they show up. And I understand it's for shock value. I understand it's for the real the reveal factor. But sensibly... Like, given the tone of the movie that took itself seriously, like, you lost so many fucking people in that charge from Namor. He flooded Wakanda. You lost so many people, and then you wait till more people die instead of leading the charge with Ironheart? What? Additionally, you know what? We didn't need the Midnight Angels. We didn't need that. 
by the end of the movie, there's so much going on that we lose characters. We actually spend some time with like, like Ross, we completely lose Ross. The first half, half of the movie, I'm tied to Okoye. I'm tied to Shuri, Namor, and Riri. I'm invested. By the end of the movie, now we got the Midnight Angel girls. Now we now there's more of Mbaku, Mbaku, whatever the fuck his name is. Like, you know, T'Challa's girl comes in, Nakia. It's just like, there's so much going on. I wish it was just, we focus on these key characters that you guys set up. I feel like there was just a lot going on. And finally... The last thing that didn't work, yo. Ironheart is cool. She's very cool. This girl is 19 years old. She's 19 years old. And she developed a suit with lethal power. She goes to war in like a day or two. When first like meeting the Wakandans. She goes to fucking war. No lead up, you know? Like that was a I I'm I don't know. I feel like if it was someone else, if it was Captain America he was there, he would be like, Hey, by the way, you're not going to war. She's like, No, but I you know, the queen the queen was cool with me. I, and still, I what are you, nineteen years old? The fuck? When have you been in a fight? You have no idea what you're doing. Sit down. Like, this is crazy. What are you doing? But I have guns. Yeah, exactly why you can't come. It's you're going to shoot yourself in the fucking foot. Is that a missile on your back? You have a missile? Yeah. No. It didn't work. I thought that was really dangerous for her. All right. Well, that's my review for um for the Black Panther. Agree? Disagree? Whatever. Um, That's just me, you know? Not my whole team. I will get... Uh, Terrence on version we'll talk about it but that's just my review guys okay um, yeah uh, moving on I mean uh, that's really what I really want to talk about I'll quickly give you guys a summary of Titans Titans has a new season coming out it's alright it's alright it's focusing on a lot on Brother Blood and Raven and I don't know what can I say this season is a lot more gory like a lot more gory, a lot of f bombs. It deals with the mystical goth demon side of the superhero genre. So think more like John Constantine. You know what I mean? It's not really grounded like the first season or the previous season, where those seasons dealt like more on the ground level kind of stuff. It deals with like the mythical shit. You know, Tim Drake is revealed to be gay out of nowhere, which was like, all right, that was kind of random, but cool. Now there's. Tim Drake's gay on the show. Um, the world seems to know the Titan's identity, which is odd. That kind of came out of nowhere. Like they all know that they all know who the Titans are and they know their alter egos. So anyone can snipe Dick Grayson in the brain whenever they please. That just caught me off guard. I was like, wait, what? All right. Nightwing has a couple cool fight scenes. Um, there's a lot of time spent on the bus. They're living on a bus, which is all right, cool. And uh, Lex, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Lex Luthor dies in the first episode, so yeah, that 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 happens. Yeah, he he chokes on a snake's dick. So if you guys watch the show, just know Lex Luthor chokes on a snake's dick, 
and dies. So that's uh, that's Titans. All right. So that's enough of that. Um, and last but not least, I just wanted to um give you guys some reading recommendations for comic books that I think you guys should be picking up. One, Ghost Rider. They're on, I think, like issue, I want to say like 14, 13, around there. Ghost Rider and The Amazing Spider-Man. And the reason I'm recommending those two is be- is simply because the- it's really early and the stories are very, very good. They are, with Ghost Rider, if you always wanted to read Ghost Rider and that image of your head in your mind of who you think Ghost Rider is, this comic does it justice. If that makes any sense. How you think a Ghost Rider story is going to play out plays out in what's currently happening. But you don't need to know anything. Essentially, Johnny Blaze gets his powers back. And it takes you on that journey. So you don't need to know anything. You got to jump right. You get to jump right in. It's very dark. It's twisted. The animation is great. Dialogue moves really, really fast. You're not reading like pages and pages of like a Bible or something. It's very good. The Amazing Spider-Man, why this is very good. Completely different take on Peter Parker. He's a lot more. He's quick to anger. He's not really happy-go-lucky Peter Parker, Spider-Man. He's kind of a dick. Something happened, and they're leading to that. Something happened months ago, and the Fantastic Four has an issue with Peter Parker. His friends have an issue with Peter Parker. Um, His relationship with Mary Jane Watson is down the toilet, and... He's working for Norman Osborn now. And Norman Osborn knows he's Spider-Man. And Norman Osborn developed a suit for Peter Parker. Peter Parker's on a glider now. So John Romita Jr. is drawing um, The Amazing Spider-Man right now. They're like less than 15 issues. You guys can catch up on both of these titles. Very, very good. Highly, highly recommend. It's two books that I truly look forward to and I get excited when I see it on the shelf. Another book that I'm going to recommend is Vanish. This was recommended by Vic. He told me to pick it up. Um, And uh, yeah, highly recommend. Think Spawn. Spawn meets fucking Harry Potter. Meets John Wick almost. It's very cool. It's by Donny Cates, and the artist is uh, Ryan Stegman. Cool artwork. It deals with, um, it, by the way, it's it's image. It's not it's image. Image is the publisher. It's not Marvel or DC. It's its own independent thing. So you legitimately don't need to know anything about this book. It's called Vanish. They're on issue two. Only two, two copies. Only two issues have been released so far. So you can jump right in. I'll try to give you like the quick uh quick run. Think Harry Potter as Spawn. Like that's kind of how it is. And these other wizards, they're posing as superheroes in the real world. So this guy, he's like, okay, if the bad guys are gonna pose as the good guys, I guess I gotta pose as the bad guy. And he has a cool cloak, 
there's cool fight scenes the more they bring they um fill you in fill you in right away in the first issue so you understand what this world is and you understand who this guy is highly recommend pick up vanish Nightwing, obviously, because Nightwing is just, it's incredible. Um, I'm going to jump right into Junkyard Joe. Junkyard Joe, I've talked about this book before. They're on issue two already. You don't need to know anything. I said before that it helps to read Geiger. You don't need to read Geiger, okay? That's how bad I want you to pick up Junkyard Joe. I thought it was a one and done thing. Second issue came out. This is going to be an ongoing series. I'm super excited. It is so good. It is like it is like um the Iron Giant meets Saving Private Ryan meets Wally. Junkyard Joe. Written by Jeff Johns, which is the one of the GOAT writers. Drawn by Gary Frank, which is one of the GOAT artists. You're, again, you're not spending so much time reading dialogue. The art does its work. The minimal dialogue does its work. And in the first issue, you laugh. You're 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 brought into action. This intense world. It pulls on the heartstrings. It gets kind of fucking sad. It is so good. And issue two continues this story. Highly recommend you guys reading Junkyard Joe. Two books that I quickly want to talk about. Um, Batman One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze number one came out. So Batman One Bad Day is this series, uh, this black label series. And I say black label because when you see anything DC black label, you can jump right in. Has nothing to do with current continuity it's its it's its own story. So there there have been a series of these. There's been the Riddler, Two Face, um, uh, the Riddler, Two Face, Penguin, and now Mister Freeze has come out. So far in the series, the Riddler is number one. The Riddler is fantastic. I already talked about that book. Pick that book up. I think Mister Freeze is number two. Now, the reason why the Riddler was so good was because they completely changed the character, the Riddler. And now you can argue that he's as dangerous, if not more dangerous and more sinister and more threatening to Batman as the Joker. The Riddler, that joke of a bad guy. So, um, yeah, uh, highly, highly recommend um, uh, the Riddler. Now, that being said, I read Batman um, One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze, and it comes in at number two. Comes in at number two. So th- I'm going to explain why. Hi, Mia. My my uh, my sister, She they just FaceTimed me. Hey, Mia, how are you? Me, I'm going to make you a Valentine's Day present also. All right, I got to go. I love you. Love you, Mia. Bye. I love her. So, (laughs) one bad day. 
Mr. Freeze. Why this book is uh, excellent is because we get to see the Batman-Robin dynamic, and I love that. I love seeing Dick Grayson and, and Bruce Wayne work together. I, I never get to see that anymore. And this takes place, this story takes place when Dick Grayson is young Robin, like when he first started working. So it's that. And we get a different take on Mr. Freeze. From what everyone is very familiar with in the animated series, we're familiar with Mr. Freeze trying to get Nora back to health. Nora, his wife. This is a little more twisted. I don't want to spoil it, but it's a different twist on Mr. Freeze's psych psyche. So reasons to read this book. It's a quick read. It's a good read. The artwork is good. You get old school Batman and Robin, and we get a different take on Mr. Freeze. The last thing I wanted to talk about is Batman Last Night Standing. Now, currently in the DC continuity, there's this um, crossover event called Dark Crisis. And the Justice League disappears. They are transported into worlds, into perfect worlds uh, for them. So for Superman, his perfect world, he's transported to a world where he gets to see his son grow up. And I talked about that book. These worlds were built to distract the Justice League so they stay there. Now, the reason I want to talk about this book is because I find it interesting, and I can't wait to hear Vic's thoughts on it, but I'll spoil the book. I'll tell you what the book is about. So we go into Batman's world and what Batman, in his mind, what is the perfect world for him? And in his perfect world, Bruce Wayne and Batman are two completely different people. The world got overrun by this Joker toxin. So Bruce Wayne, he built, well, number one, he split himself into two people. One that would do anything for justice, which is the Batman, and one that follows logic and reason, and that's Bruce Wayne. The Batman persona is a lot more deadlier and quick to anger, and he he acts on that. He's not, you know, he's not going to pull back a punch. And Bruce Wayne is obviously the intelligence of, of Bruce Wayne. So Bruce Wayne builds this city that, um, like this huge dome that protects, you know, protects that city from the outside world. And the reason I found this interesting was because in, in a perfect world, Batman wishes that these two people, these two personas, these two conflicting ideas in his mind were separate. And I just found that interesting. And I don't know if now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't know if I like it or I dislike it, that that's what Bruce Wayne is. Because Bruce Wayne, I mean, at the end of the day, he's fucking psychotic. He's insane. He dresses up as a bat. He's literally insane. His mom had like mental problems, Mar- uh, Martha, because she comes from the Arkham family. So it does make sense because Bruce Wayne is crazy. It's just interesting that his internal conflict is so great 
that internal conflict that he gets, for example, when it comes to the Joker, you know, do I take this guy out or do I not? Because killing is wrong. Either, however you slice it, killing is wrong. Taking the taking of another person's life is wrong. So that internal conflict, morals versus, you know, your heart and your morals versus just animal human gut instinct. He wanted them separate. I found that interesting that that was his perfect world. Again, I don't know if I like it or I dislike it, but it really shows you, I mean, if this is canon, kind of shows you how kind of a selfish prick Bruce Wayne is that that's all he's fucking thinking about, you know? Like we got where we got in um the Green Arrow story, his perfect world was that he was essentially the Green Arrow. He was still stealing from the rich. For Superman, it was all about family. Batman, who has the biggest family in the DC probably. You know, with three Robins, Dick Grayson, um Jason Todd, uh Damian Wayne, and then he has like a bunch of Batgirls. He has a bunch of he has Jim Gordon. Just a lot of allies that at the end of the day that he's still thinking about himself. It's just like, wow. Like I didn't know. Yeah, I'm on the fence about it. That in his perfect world, he lives in chaos. And he's playing cops and robbers. I just find that so interesting. That he built a world of chaos that he can still operate in. So he's just, he's still working. In his perfect world, that he in his perfect world, he's working. He just wants to work. Just found that interesting. That's the last night's dining. That's Batman. And those were that was the comic class portion of this episode. Um again, thank you all for listening. We have come to the conclusion. I hope to get T back on the podcast very, very soon so we can chat it up, chop it up. Um, uh, but yeah, again, guys, thank you for listening. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. That's uh, on underscore uh underscore hero underscore podcast. Um, tell us what you liked, what you disliked, who you want to hear more from, what you want to hear more about, um, and uh, we'll get to it. Oh, final thing that I wanted to mention. I've been reading The New X-Men by Grant Morrison. The volumes are out. If you guys miss old school X-Men, just how you remember it with a small team. They live at the school. If you they're they're fighting, you know, the brotherhood. If you miss all of that old school X-Men and you hate the current DC, I'm sorry, Marvel continuity in their comic books where X-Men they live on this like utopia and they have their own nation. If you don't like that bullshit because it sucks and you want to get, you know, a good book about old school X-Men, pick up New X-Men by Grant Morrison. Pick that up. And on that, I'm signing out. Thank you, guys. Have a great one.